Happy Monday. I am so excited to be sharing this episode today with Felix. I actually recorded with Felix back in like July or August. So he was probably one of the first people I had on for this season. And it's really fun re-listening to our conversation and remembering how uh, considerate he was because of uh, some technical difficulties that I, I briefly mentioned in the episode. But yeah, we have some really we cover some really great topics and uh, he shares a lot about his, how he like became so successful as a podcaster. And it's also, um, it was funny recording with him, like right after his relationship with uh, Serena Kerrigan was announced. So that was really um, fun and interesting, but yeah, I am like halfway done with my first semester of this year So that's pretty wild. I'm nearing the end of my two years at Columbia for social work. So I'm very busy, but it's been really cool having new, I have five clients now, which is wild. It's really um, amazing seeing what this type of work like looks like and feels like. So I'm very busy, very tired, but looking forward to what's to come. Um, Aside from that, I don't know too much to report. So without further ado, here is Felix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace and the City. Today, I'm so excited to be here with Felix Levine, um, who has watched me struggle through so many technological difficulties and has been a real trooper. So thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Of course, no problem. I've been through uh, every single technical difficulty that there that exists. So uh, I know the feeling and it's not a lot of fun. I'm going to like Google if Mercury, Mercury's in retrograde after this because someone in my Pilates class also was like said the same thing. So that will like make me a firm believer. Um, Felix is the host of the Where's This Going podcast, which features guests from all different types of backgrounds and gives them a platform to share their story. So I was hoping if you could talk to me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What's your story? So born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I live here now as well. I went to for those living in New York I went to high school at in Beacon at Beacon um public school up on the Upper West Side then I went to college at uh, UC Santa Barbara my freshman year of school and then I was very unhappy there so I transferred over and went to back east to Boston University and I graduated from the uh Boston University Equestrian School of Business Last May, um, I'm 23 years old, and that's a little bit, I guess, about my my brief story on uh, how I am, how I got to where I am today. You're so much like you act so much more mature than I would like. I would never guess you were 23. Do you get that a lot? I appreciate that. Um, Hum- humbly yes <laughs> um yeah I was gonna say like you must get it a lot yeah I mean look I I yeah yes I don't know how else to say it um you know I think that probably has something to do with um being an only child I think you know my girlfriend and I talk about this a lot and even with with us you know it was a conversation in the beginning as well um and you know because I think being an only child is something that teaches you how to be independent quickly. You learn, um, you spend a lot of time alone, quite frankly. And I think for me as well, I had a lot of, and I still do obviously have a lot of ambitions and goals and things that I want to do. And I think that I I really spent a lot of my time and, and still do um, learning from people that, that I admire who are older, who are more seasoned and experienced. And so I think that that in in and of itself helped me kind of grow and, you know, for lack of a better word, mature quicker. Um, So I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate when people say that as well. I think for me, it's, you know, I, 
I guess sometimes I have to be a little bit forgiving when things uh, aren't going my way and remind myself that I am still young. But, uh, you know, I don't really, I don't know, I don't really measure myself um, to everyone else my age. I don't know. I really, quite frankly, don't think about my age that much. Maybe I should more and and be, and be a little bit more forgiving. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, at least I'm um, young and, and just getting started. Yeah. No, I mean, especially like given how much success you've had with your podcast that's like such an accomplishment thank you so much um so I'm curious to learn more about like yeah like how did you decide to start that and and when yeah so my uh my freshman year of college at UC Santa Barbara uh 2019 I was very unhappy there um for a host of different reasons that that I get into uh, you know later but I was just unhappy. I knew I wanted to transfer weeks in and I really just isolated myself in a way that I had never really done in my life before. Um, you know, I've, I've always been somebody who's been social, uh, who, you know, gets along with people. I like talking to people, I like learning about people, but at Santa Barbara, I, because I knew I was going to leave soon, I just really, and at that point I, I was, uh, you know, with someone that was in New York. Um, and so, you know, I think altogether, I just wasn't present there at all. And so anyways, so I kind of just stopped talking to people, which sounds weird. Um, I think it was probably in retrospect, some of the more uh, difficult moments mentally, perhaps in my life um, or one of them. And yeah, so then I just started listening to a bunch of podcasts in my free time in between classes, honestly, a bunch of meals uh, just, you know, popped in headphones, went to go eat. And I was just like, fuck, like, I think I could not, I think I know I could do this. And I was listening to, you know, a lot of my favorite shows, uh, sit down with guests that I admired. And I was like, man, it'd be so nice to be able to pick the brains of a lot of these interesting people. Uh, and so, yeah. So then I started at end of, uh, my freshman year. And then when I came back East, uh, and moved to Boston, it made the commute to New York a whole lot easier. Um, and I had like a kind of home base studio and, in uh in Brooklyn that I love shout out to the Brooklyn podcasting studio which is great if you're if you want to rent out their studio um and I got along really great with the the owner um Josh and you know and then it's New York so there's obviously a host of guests um that are available and so yeah so I kind of never looked back and then I'd commute during school uh sometimes after class or sometimes I would go to from Boston to New York and back to Boston the same day and record so I got really creative with how I went about it, but I, I never stopped and I still haven't stopped. And, uh, you know, I, uh, it's opened every single door that I have now. And, um, you know, now it's, it literally brought me the relationship that I'm in. So I'm, I'm very thankful that I, that I started this thing because, you know, even in days when I'm frustrated about it, I, I have to remember that it's, it's brought me up until this point, virtually everything. Wow. That's, so awesome to hear and it's funny because I, I relate a lot to like that story I um was working like a job that I really hated in New York and like got really into podcasts and listened to them from like 7 a.m to like 7 p.m for however long I was in the office for and yeah just like sit there every single day listening and like you one thing I love about podcasts is I think that people tune in because they want to be part of the conversation. Like, I think that there's a lot of loneliness in the world and especially in New York. And then no one talks about it because there's so many people in New York. It's like, how could you be lonely on an Island of 3 million people? But in reality, like it's easy. It's like easier to feel lonely when there's so many people around you and you're like unhappy with your job, unhappy with your relationship, unhappy with yourself. And so I think that people, gravitate towards podcasts and like the reason that there's been such a boom in the podcast industry because ultimately people want to be a part of something and then so I had a similar thought when I was at like listening I was like wow it'd be really cool to do this and like I think I I think I'd be really good at this because I I'm love talking to people I love learning about people and if I ever did it I knew I would have the topic of mental health and then granted I my decision to actually do it was really random but the whole concept like of my podcast was around that idea of loneliness and like that you don't have to be physically alone to feel lonely and exploring that. 
Um, and so I was, yeah, I'm curious. I'd be curious to hear like if you relate to that idea and like what, like what, when you said like you knew, you knew you could do this, like what about you makes you feel like you knew you would like that this was your calling almost. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I agree. I think people want to be a part of something. I think, uh, you know, I, I mean, thinking back to those days and I haven't done it in, in a while. Yeah. I was extremely lonely there, uh, you know, in Santa, and it was also weird, you know, I was, uh, 18, 19, you know, you're going to college and UC Santa Barbara is notoriously known to be one of the most beautiful campuses and with, you know, the, lots of people and young people and going out and stuff. And, and I just really just didn't do any of it. Um, and I think that the more isolated I became, the more isolated I got. Uh, and, you know, and so for me, I think selfishly, it was less about the audience too, in the beginning, um, and more about what it brought me, you know, uh, to, to be quite, to be quite frank. And I think for me too, it was also like, when you ask, why did I know I could do it? I just knew I, I, I know I can talk to a wall if I need to. Um, so it was like, you know, instead of before maybe, a uh, an actor or comedian that I've admired and I'm reaching out like, Hey, you know, like big fan, you know, now I actually have an excuse to talk to them. Um, and and I also knew, you know, once I started getting a couple guests and a couple people that, you know, were had some notoriety, if you will, you just realize that they're so normal. And I realized how organic my relationships with them became like to, to levels where now, you know, I'd say 80 to 90 percent of my guests like I'm friends with. We'll talk, we'll text, we'll get dinner, we'll go, you know, and some of these people are people that I was watching on, you know, ESPN for years before um and they're just so like you know normal and good people and they have the same issues that you and I have and so I think for me I just knew I knew that and I think it was more like how do I tap into it without trying to to really do too much but more just you know um really learn and and take things from them and then also conversely you know in a lot of ways I was uh for some people I was also trying to prove that like I belonged at this level you know and I could hang and I could hang and have conversations with highly intellectual people and I could you know go to Harvard medical school and sit down with the biggest biologist in the world and stuff like that so I don't know I think probably some of it was ego and trying to prove to myself but also I think another part of it was just uh you know knowing that at the end of the day, it's a conversation and, and whether, and I know I'm going to get a lot out of it and hopefully the people listening will as well. Yeah, no, that's so, um, I feel like that level of self-awareness is so rare, especially at that age. And so that's really, that's so cool. Like, were you in, in any ways, like a, I don't know, communication major, like, I don't know what the major would be to like focus on this. No, I was, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was actually, I should have probably gone to the communication side at, at BU, um, cause it was an amazing one, apparently, um, Howard, Howard Stern went there as well. Uh, but no, I never did anything communications wise. I was always into, uh, uh, I think I did at Santa Barbara, like economics or something like that. Some, and then I did, and then I got even, and then I got even frattier and I did, uh, I was at the business school at BU. So I wasn't a frat, by the way, it's just more like, you know, everybody always says that the business school kids are, are fratty. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, so nothing in communications. So like, didn't even, you were, didn't think, cause I, I just relate a lot. Like I was working in finance before, like I never in a million years, not that I do this professionally now, but like it led to me deciding to go to become a therapist which I think is mm -hmm. very in line with I mean all you do in a podcast is ask questions and like dig deeper and so now it makes more sense than being like oh yeah I'm financed by day and like podcast interviewer by night you know <laughs> yeah no I think uh yeah I mean I, I never you know it's funny like I just for me it was I know, and I, and I still feel this way. I, I feel like I have other 
skills as well. Um, I think speaking and talking to people, this is definitely, this was like, you know, doing the podcast was my practice, you know, and, and sometimes you're thrown into the deep end, right. When you're in front of somebody that you look up to and you're now like interviewing them and sitting down with them for an hour. So it's like, it's, it, it can be nerve wracking, but you know, now I have between my show and then I also, I've done uh, another show with, uh, I don't know if you were able to see, but uh, a former hitman in the mafia that I've done on and off for, for three years. And now we're, we're back and doing it. That's been very, very successful. So combined with those, like I've done literally hundreds and hundreds of hours of, um, you know, sitting down talking to literally everybody under the sun in terms of like life path um, and variety in that regard. And so, yeah, I think for me now I have the confidence, you know, to talk to anybody in the world at any moment. Um, and that's, that feels good. Um, that gives me a lot of, uh, excitement and, and, you know, um, and allows me to, to try to spend time developing other skills. And so, I don't know, I think that for me, it wasn't just about, you know, being in, in the field to be the best at the field. It was how can this skill of, speaking to people, listening to people help me in other ways. And and I think that, you know, it is probably arguably the most valuable skill that I think uh, someone can, can develop is really being able to, to speak to people. And, you know, for me, I, I think I, I really made that my goal early on. And, and I think that's why I, I really gravitated towards this because it wasn't something that I just liked and really enjoyed. It was something that I knew would be really important to, to develop in the long run. Yeah. And don't you feel like you've just learned so much through doing it? Like, I mean, especially if you're, like, you know, you're having such a variety of guests on, like you're probably learning so much in each of those, like at what hour long conversations. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you know, I think it takes moments like this and, and right now with you to, to where you stop and think about how much you've really taken in, you know, cause I, I, I think sometimes I, I fail to do that. Um, and sometimes I'm going too fast and I, you know, I have so many different projects on my, on my plate right now and things that I'm trying to do and get started and, you know, finish. And, and so, you know, when, when, when I think about it, it's like what I was saying earlier, it's literally brought me up until this point in my life, quite literally everything. Um, and you know, I, I'm very grateful for that. I worked my ass off for it. Um, and, but yes, to answer your question, I've learned so much, not just on the episodes, but outside of it, you know, when you're, when you're spending time, cause again, some of these people have become my friends. So, you know, when we're spending time together or even when they, when, you know, the way you see them interact with their publicists or how on time they are, or, you know, the way that they they treat the people on their team and 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 stuff like that I, I learned from from what makes some people great leaders why why people have so much success in in their field um why people go the wrong way like i've learned i've learned a lot that's not just sitting down and asking questions i think a lot half of it that's half of it the other half is is all of the things that people don't see on on camera or or on audio yeah that's a good point um and and like well said and I'm sure you like you know whether it's like snippets of advice or even just like I don't know learning about yourself through a conversation with someone else I think is another piece that's like kind of often forgotten about yeah I mean I I mean I I've learned a lot about myself just even going the last the last really year and a half has just been uh talk about growth I just I just feel like I'm growth more in the sense of like understanding the realities of the professional world right that you that you thought of when you're in college what it's going to be like and then you know I, I took a little bit of an untraditional route as well where I didn't get quote a job out of school I, I wanted to work for myself off the bat which you know sounds more glorious than it is um and at times uh is extremely fucking stressful um, but you know, it's, uh, that's a choice that I made. And so, yeah, you know, I don't know where, how I got to, to talking about that, but that, uh, there's so much, there's so much learning along the way and that I I'm grateful for. Yeah. I, I hear you. And it's, that was brave to, to do. I think like, I definitely have the thought of like quitting my 
nine to five when it was in COVID and my parents were like, absolutely not. Like it, you know, everyone was getting laid off and like all of that. But I think, and I was actually talking to my friend about this today. One thing like I admire about people, especially like both of my friends and I are like whatever, zillennials or something like on the cusp kind of. And we're going to talk about what we admired about people younger than us was they're much more or less risk averse, like more willing to just do what they want because at the end of the day, like our, you know, time on, the, on this earth is limited. And um, so I think it's really cool that you are like, you know, going full force at this and, and all those other endeavors. So I, this is a mental health podcast, as I kind of mentioned. And um, one thing I wanted to kind of chat more with you about was something you mentioned on your solo episode that really stuck with me, which was your struggles with OCD, which is something I've dealt with. I mean, I've dealt with like, I have like more uh, issues in Vogue, you know, I (laughs) definitely am the wounded healer in terms of wanting to, or going into this profession and, you know, having this quote unquote side hustle as a way to learn about myself and, and improve myself. Um, But with that being said, especially when I was younger, my sister as well, but mostly, mostly me, like I suffered a lot with OCD and obsessive thoughts and kind of like intrusive, um, intrusive thoughts and needing to do a few things that like, and stuff like that. And so I was curious to learn more about your history with it and like how it manifests in your day-to-day life. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's an everyday, it's, I don't want to say it's an everyday struggle, use the word struggle. I guess at times it's a struggle. Um, it's something that I've d- had. I don't even want to say the word dealt. It's something I've had my whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that I, I have to say I've uh, gotten better with, maybe not at the pace that I would have liked. Um, and, you know, probably didn't address it soon enough and probably still not addressing it enough. But the ways that for me would mostly manifest is really, I think when I was younger, um, a lot of, uh, with regards to germs, I mean, that's still kind of the, you know, the theme now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just using the word germs because that's probably the best way that I can describe it um, visually. But it's it was just a lot of like, you know, washing my hands and washing my things and um you know doing things a certain amount of time and and not being able to do other things without doing a certain wash count you know or like certain xyz um before you know said activity so it's just a lot of like in a lot of ways unnecessary planning and brain and and you know extra things that people wouldn't think about uh that don't have ocd um i think i always tried to you know, tell myself that it's something that I should really spend more time and more investment in, um, that I don't, uh, and I think I, I did for a while, um, uh, when I was in therapy, we were spending a lot of time, uh, addressing it. And unfortunately I had to change therapist because of my insurance, but whatever. But I think, you know, over time, I've just tried to find little ways to, um, get better at, uh, managing it and being very open with the people around me. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it, I can't hide it. I think there are a lot of times where I try to hide it or try to not seem fucking crazy, uh, with some of the small little things that I was doing. Um, but at some point, you know, the older I got, I was just like, you know, fuck it. Like, this is who I am. Like if I need to wash my hands 20 times in a day, I'm going to wash my hands 20 times in a day. Uh, and that'll be that, you know, um, hopefully I should, to do some more work on it. But as for right now, that's the case. So that was kind of a mentality, you know, and never trying to, to, to pick, to put myself in the position of like, I'm a uh, victim of OCD or I, you know, uh, struggle from OCD, although sometimes it can be a struggle. So, so I think it, you know, and, and more embracing it, some of the positives that come from it, which is, you know, for me, it's like a level of perfectionism. So I think that sometimes that could be seen in other aspects of my life. Um, good and bad, uh, you know, so trying to turn a negative into a positive, And then also, you know, I think 
I think I would like one day to spend a lot more time than I ever have uh, addressing it because I, I'm curious what life looks like without it or, or suppressed, you know, even by 30 or 40 percent. Um, but, you know, I think that's from what I understand is is a is an ex- or some of the some of the remedies to that are extremely big and long and tedious. Um, and I just don't have time for it right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of my uh, my entire history with OCD and in a nutshell it's so interesting I mean I can relate so much like there they were such niche little repetitions that I had to do or um certain rituals and now what's been really cool about being like in this program to become you know this clinical program to learn more about being a therapist has been like I've been able to kind of unpack, well, first learn like how to treat um, obsessive compulsive disorder, which has been cool. And then like second is kind of learning about the reasons behind it. And one thing that I thought was so interesting was I did, we did like clinical case presentations and I hope I can share this on the podcast, whatever. I used my mom as an example and um, (laughs) like said it was my coworker and but then proceeded to like do an intake of her and because with my mom. Oh my gosh. I really hope I'm, she doesn't listen to the podcast. It's okay. I love you mom. Sorry. Using you as a Guinea pig here. Um, but she like my OCD run definitely runs on that side of the family. And there's certain things, rituals or superstitions, she calls them that she likes to do and like cannot function if they're not done. Like oh. saying fly safe five times, like before, you know, letting me go on the plane and so you know I we did this game in one of my classes was called what's the diagnosis and you'd say all the symptoms you'd like give a you know intro about the client uh, the fictional client or in this case my mom and then everyone in the class would try to guess what it was and you know I did mine it was very clearly obsessive compulsive disorder and then but we got into the topic of like what was clinical versus what was cultural because my mom is Jewish like my that side of my family is Jewish and like a lot of Jewish culture has things like repeating things certain times and like there's just a lot a, um, a lot higher percentage of people with OCD happen to be Jewish like it's a weird correlation um it, and like it relates back to um his, or generational trauma and like all of that and a lot of complicated stuff but it just made me think a lot about like how much is nurture or as a, or like nature versus nurture. And so with my own condition, that was like very illuminating, even though I, I learned it a little bit late in life and I wish I had known that, you know, previously. So I could have had more of a positive outlook on it like you do, because I had the opposite. I was very like much like I'm a victim here. Like this sucks. Like how do I change? How, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. Whereas like, it seems like, you've oh, and it's hard. Things. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, because there's moments where, where, you know, I remember if you get up at, I mean, stupid shit, like and I don't want to say stupid shit. It sounds it sounds like I'm I'm putting it down, but like things that sound crazy mm-hmm. where like I'm getting up at 5 a.m. to go to school to go to like go to my mom's house before I go to school instead of just going to school because like for some OCD thing and, or, you know, it cuts out two to three hours of sleep and, and much more stress. So like you know, and in retrospect now, it's like, I can't even believe I, I was doing that. But, you know, and at that point in time, it made sense. It, it only made sense. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and, and just, I mean, at least for me, like the, the part that was the most difficult was when it was impacting my friendships or like my relationships, like be how, I mean, granted this was anxiety as well, but like having an irrational fear that my friend was mad at me. And then asking, mm-hmm. are you mad at me? And then being like, no, for the like, eighth time, I just didn't have my phone on me or like whatever the stupid thing was. And I mean, thank like God for therapy and therapists out there because just doing that has been really helpful. But that's not to say that it's not still kind of always in the back of my mind in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I from what I understand, it's very, very hard to get completely rid of OCD um I have some friends that have taken medication that 
I, I guess I never really have thought about um, doing, but maybe they said that it's worked. So I don't know. You know, I think that it's one of those things too, that weirdly enough, or thankfully enough has been kind of socially accepted, you know, and, and some people love to say I'm OCD about this or I'm OCD about that. And I personally don't take any offense to it. I get what they're trying to say. You know, yeah, it's like there's yeah, some same. words that just like... help describe that you're being neurotic about something. I don't personally take offense to it. Um, but, you know, and then even even when with my friends or my girlfriend, like very open about it, like there's nothing. I don't know. I personally don't feel shame. And I hope that somebody listening or, or you or whoever it is that that has those things doesn't either. Um, you know, I, I, I think. If anything, it's just something to live with. And and again, everybody has their shit. So, you know, if it's not one thing, it could be another. Um, and so for me, I've just tried to approach it like that. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I, I do think at some point in time I should probably address more because I, I hear these stories of people that have made significant improvement and uh, in how they manage it. Um and you know and even sometimes I actively try to to do some of the small things when I notice a situation where I can go one way or the other and and do what I'm normally used to doing or do something that would be out of my comfort zone that I know is going to be is going to help improve my OCD which were which are some techniques that my own therapist had given me um so you know even that in its own right is progress um but you know it's it's part of me it, it right now and um you know i think over time i i i will improve and i already have improved so it's just uh continuing doing the work and and in pockets of time that i can you know spend a little bit more time addressing it i i hope i hope to do so yeah no i love that so a lot of people ask me for advice when they are starting their therapy journey which i am immensely grateful for and feel very flattered by um, and, you know, they'll be like, what should I look for when, you know, in a therapist? And I usually respond back by asking them, you know, well, like, what are you trying to get out of therapy? What's your goal? What type of uh, relationship do you want with your therapist? But people who are newer to therapy don't necessarily know that. And um, in addition to that, I think it's, I mean, now that I am like seeing the this quote unquote industry from the side of a therapist, it's really complicated and it's therapy like just it's a profession so it has to be like very expensive unfortunately um and I'm seeing that you know from a New York where you can't really find a therapist for like under $150 um an hour and like many therapists don't take insurance and I'm saying that as someone who works for a private practice where that it's just like that um, and it's unfortunate. I mean, I think other states might be a little bit better, but New York, California, these are all really difficult states to find a therapist. And so for that reason, I think start using BetterHelp, um, which is a therapist, uh, like an app that I've used for quite a long time. I think it's a really great way to start therapy because it allows you to get a taste of like what a different therapist is like and the whole makes the whole process so easy. And the price is like, you pay per month probably what you would pay for per session um, in some of these places. So I really recommend it. I loved my therapist on BetterHelp before I, I switched to someone um, in New York. And I just, she really helped me through a rough time of my life. And so I just couldn't recommend it enough. And even if you just try it for like a month and try out two therapists, like it's a great way to at least figure out what kind of style you want. Um, and with my discount code, you can get 10% off your first month. So all you have to do is go to try better help. That's B E T T E R H E L P.com slash Zoe Z O E. And you will get 10% off your first month of therapy. I seriously can't recommend it enough. I know they have some bad press, sorry, but just in terms of having a therapist or getting a, a sense of what kind of style you want in a therapist, I really recommend them. So yeah, that's trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe for 10% off your first month. So I wanted to talk to you about something that you mentioned on a podcast episode that really resonated with me. Um, but now I also have like follow-up that I think oh, it's, it, I have like two different questions I want to ask you is, is what I'm saying. So you, it was the episode with Serena, who's your now girlfriend. 
And you were talking about in the how you believe that in the context of dating, the more certain that someone is your person, the more you need to slow down. And that really resonated with me because like right before that, I had heard this quote on Bethany Frankel's podcast with Raquel. So like, I don't know if you watch Vanderpump Rules, but it was a big deal. It was her first first, first time speaking publicly after Scandival. Um, But that's probably like a different language to you. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, the, the quote was, don't or uh, don't conflate intimacy or intensity with intimacy and like when she said that i felt like like i'd just been hit by a brick like it was like oh my gosh that was ex- that's exactly what i do and partially i think it's because i'm a very like curious person like i mean and i would assume you are too given like you know how good you are at podcasting is like I don't, I like, I don't like, I don't do service level. I like to go, you know, learn why someone is the way they are. Like talk about ideas they have as opposed to just being like, I don't know what, like, what do you do for work? Like things like that. And so my first question is like, is that what you're kind of, what do you you mean by that original quote that you said is my first question. So my first, so I had prior to Serena, um uh, you know more or less i had i had been in a situation where i guess the the good term would be love bombing um you know uh, and and i think that my biggest takeaway was you know and, and i've heard more about the this concept over time or you know it's more of a recent term um but i think the way that i you know the way that I I saw things is when and I'm specifically speaking about when I said this to Serena on that on that day is that was what I had learned from that prior relationship is you know in retrospect it was not the right thing for me it was not the right person for me it was not the right relationship it was not the right anything um, and but I you know got lost or maybe it was my own, um, you know, uh, defense mechanisms trying to uh, stray away from that, that truth. And so I think my, my big focus was going into my next relationship was really utilizing that mentality of like, why are you in a rush? Why are you in a rush to speed things up? You know, like all of the, the best couples that I know, um, you know, that have longevity, they're not, they're not thinking about trying to, you know, get to X step in the relationship by next weekend. You know, it's like they're when it feels right, it feels right. And I think, you know, then going into my relationship with Serena, that was it couldn't have been uh, more true. It's like when you know, you know, and, you know, her and I, I mean, obviously now it's it's funny. You're, I mean, you're the first interview I've done since uh, her and I have been uh, public um and the truth is is like we 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 did talk a lot about that idea about slowing things down and and slowing things down i think is it really also depends on the people that you're dealing with like someone could look at us and say that we went perhaps fast but we had so many conversations along the way of like being very intentional and 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 actively not trying to speed things up for the sake of speeding things up. And if things happened faster because we just got along so well, which we do, and because we spent so much time together and because we just had so many, it just happened so organically. And then it also, I guess, happened to go quote faster than perhaps some other relationships, then that was okay. You know, because we did it in such a way that I think was so healthy and so, and our foundation is is so strong. Um, but again, I think that if I hadn't had, you know, those prior experiences or that prior relationship or hadn't learned those those lessons about how you need to set foundations when it comes to romantic relationships, then, you know, I could have made mistakes, um, you know, in this one and and thankfully, thankfully not. Um, so, yeah, so I think that that's really like what I what I meant by that. And it's so ironic that I said it. <laughs> in that episode because yeah. the person I was sitting across from is now the person that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with. So, um, you know, it, it's crazy how the world works, you know, it, it's, it's insane. I mean, it's, it's still, it's been a, it's been an unbelievable, uh, past three, four months, you know, just in, in life in general. And 
and yeah, you know, I think it's, it's all because of, uh, at the end of the day, healthy, healthy conversation and healthy self-reflection. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like I actually didn't even have that in my notes, but like, as I was saying that out loud, I was like, wait, that's actually hilarious that he said that. And then like immediately say started, you know, I even said too. I even said too to her, I don't know, like I literally said for the right person, you're the perfect amount. And she was like, Oh, uh are you talking about yourself and i'm like no no you know but in retrospect now we're we i mean we joke about all the time um it's like i i guess maybe i had an intuition that i was talking about myself but i i swear to god when i invited her on my show it was not to to hit on her it was yeah like it's that's the that's the pure truth you know after i mean everybody's saying how how clear we clearly we were flirting and um which you know in retrospect yes but I think for me, it was, uh, you know, I was, of course, weary. I don't want to invite somebody on my show to flirt with them. That's not a, that's yeah. not a good look. I'm, I try to be a professional. Um, but then after everything after it was just so natural and organic. And, you know, it felt like it felt like and it feels like I've known her for my entire life. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's been it's been the greatest blessing in that sense. Yeah, it's it's like that moment when she was like, Oh, you're gonna ask. You're gonna ask me out after this, right? Or and like the look on your face was like, shit. Like, is that like an invitation? <laughs> but it was great. I mean, and also we're in the room with my producer and her, you know, uh, her publicist at the time, and it was like, you know, you, you're and there's cameras and <laughs> you're trying like, to. And I'm trying to, yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, you know, how do you, how do I handle this? I want to be, you know, a little suave and and like you know set it up for after but also I'm a professional and you don't know how and I think what's tough too is I didn't know I didn't measure at the time how much she was serious or not if it was yeah, you know SFK like speak or, or her or Serena um but I could tell you know and the energy was so obvious and uh you know here we are yeah so one thing I was gonna say too about that quote now that I think about it is kind of what you were alluding to where like if it's with the right person, like intensity won't harm in, like intimacy. And I think one thing I think a lot about with podcasting is how it's the only time aside from like maybe if you're going on like a really long hike with someone where you can, you're having like a conversation where you're both fully focused, you're, you know, going like asking deep questions and you're going below the surface and you don't have that in like a first date. And, and like if you do, it's probably love bombing, you know, like <laughs> if someone's asking you those types of like really intense questions, it's either love bombing or you're like me and that you just are like so curious about people and like. That's a good quote. It's either love bombing or it's me. <laughs> yeah like no but i I don't need maliciously you know (laughs) i look i don't think i don't think you're look i don't think you're alone in 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 that you know like i i I think and i I don't think that you or anybody else should feel you know wrong for asking the right questions i mean if anything look i think for me personally i don't really like doing a little chit chat for nothing like i don't like speaking with no intention like i don't you know i i I want to hear what's, and there's levels of under the surface, right? If, if you're going on your first date and you're like, there's, I think people, you understand love bombing when you see it. I mean, well, hopefully <laughs> the second time, around, sometimes hopefully. a little bit of experience. Yeah. The second time, hopefully you, you understand it, but I think that there's, you know, again, it's like everything, right? It's, it's, you're going to have to learn sometimes from, from the experience and I think, you know, at least in my relationship, it's, we were very, A, I guess it was weird because <laughs> for our first date was, I guess, on camera, you yeah. know, we, uh, in a way, but, but even not really, you know, because it wasn't really back and forth. It was, it was, she was my guest and, mm-hmm. but we already had a rapport going into our first, first date. And I remember, you know, you know, we really like talking about things that mattered. And I could tell that she's not there to chit chat. You know, she's a she's a busy woman. She has she's successful and she has businesses and she's does so much and she has so much going on in her life. Like, I I don't think she's just there to hear about my favorite extracurriculars. Right. It's like we're on a date and we, we, you know, and and nor am I, you know, I wanted to know about her and not and not just the surface level nonsense. So. 
you, you know, I think you, just when it comes to romantic, uh, you know, romantic dynamics, it's really about finding that fine line and, and having an understanding of the person that you're dealing with and, and who you are as well. And if it's, again, if it's, if it feels right, it feels right. And, and I think with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful every single day that, that it felt, it felt right. Yeah. And it makes, it makes sense. Like, I mean, I've definitely left podcast conversations with like feeling like I was really close with people and like I've made so many friends by doing so, as you've mentioned, like you have as well. And I think a lot of that comes from just cutting below the surface in that initial interaction, um, which I think like people are more hesitant to do nowadays, just with the ease of technology and I don't know, people can hide behind a screen and are less comfortable, you know, talking to people in person. So I think, you know, that skill that you talked about in the beginning about like what you made you a good podcaster, I think is that very thing of like being able to connect with people. Yeah. But I think, you know, if there's one place where I, I might push back a little bit is I think that deep down, actually, people are really craving having these conversations. Oh, right? definitely deep and down. I think there's just a, a fear. Yes. Yes, there's for sure a fear. And, and that's actually, I mean, it's funny you say that it's like one of my uh, endeavors right now is I a couple months back started a startup that we're in the process of developing that's, um, it's going to be a mobile platform that connects different groups of friends on a night out based off of uh, location. And oh, I think so that cool. the whole point of that. Yeah. And the whole point of that, I think for me, and it's called links. Um, if people are listening right now, please join the wait list at links tonight.app. It takes 30 seconds. And the whole point is that I think that dating apps are, are dated. I think that um, what we're building is not really a dating app, nor is it a friends app. It's a, it's a, it's a group matchmaking meeting app. And mm -hmm. I think the same way that if you and your friends go out one night um and perhaps some of you are single, perhaps some of you aren't. Um, and, you know, there's different intentions with different people, just meeting new people. Everybody wants to, to meet new people. And I think when you when you walk away from from an evening with either a new friend or a new potential romantic partner or new whatever, it, it's exciting, you know. Yeah. And I think that uh, right now there's not really an in-between. And I think that, uh, you know, my generation, our generation is struggling to meet new people in a way that feels comfortable. And, and, you know, I think people want to, they want to hear about other people. They want to meet new people. They want to learn about the fact that, you know, hear about what really bothers them or what they're passionate about. Like people want to have real conversations. So whether it's podcasts, whether it's, um, you know, I guess what I'm building right now with links or whether it's, some other kind of platform or event or, uh, you know, anything that's going to connect people. I think people are, are looking for that more than ever. That's such a good idea. And it also, I, th I think it removes that barrier to, barrier to entry that like you and I probably don't ha like have up, you know, like I have no trouble going up to like a group of people and just introducing myself and saying hi, but yeah, that's, I think I'm like more of the exception, not the rule. Also, you know, sometimes those people don't want to <laughs> like, they just want to hang out with their people and that's fine. But then like they wouldn't download the app at that moment, you know? So it's like two consenting. Yeah. I think being like, I want to meet yep, people for too. us, for us, it's the way that we, the, the way that we're seeing it is we're, we're trying to basically be the icebreaker, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and walking into a new social situation where you already, uh, it's almost like having a mutual friend, you know, and sometimes all you need is feeling like you kind of already know someone yeah. or a little bit of ice is broken. And I think that with the young generations, uh, specifically, right. Anybody under the age of 35, let's say like there, there's really no, I've noticed there's not a lot of issues once ice is broken. It's yep. just the breaking of the ice. People aren't walking up to people at bars the way they used to be because everyone, every, every interaction seems to start behind a screen in some capacity, whether it's texting your friends to meet up or whether it's on a dating app or whatever, Instagram, like it's, they, uh, interactions are starting on a platform. So we're trying to create a more efficient platform that gives an alternative way to within a matter of minutes, instantaneously and spontaneously meet new people that are around you because uh, I think it adds a level of intrigue to your night. And I think that it, um, you know, altogether is, is, uh, 
it's lacking right now in terms of the the meeting app culture is, you know, it's right now it's dating apps that are dominating the market. And I think that a lot of people are sick of, of dating apps. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's like, and I'm, pro- I'm sure, well, I don't know. It's like grinder for friends. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> that's, I never, I've never heard that one. Oh my God. I, I've heard Bumble. I've heard, I've heard we're similar to Bumble for friends or uh, Bumble BFF. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, hey, you know. Because I'm pretty sure Grinder has the location. I mean, I wouldn't know, but <laughs> I think it does have the location aspect. <laughs> yes, yes. I think, I mean, to be fair, I think all the, the apps to some degree do. Um, but yeah, you know, I, hey, every every community is welcome. And, uh, and you know, we hope that, and I think, but because I think truthfully, this this idea of wanting to meet and new people, whether it's romantic or as friends, it's universal, right? If you're gay, straight, lesbian, anything, black, white, anything like you just it's it's a it's a very, very common feeling. It's a human feeling. And so I think that what we're trying to do is is really try to tap into that and to give people a, a, an alternative way to to meet people on a night out. I love that. And I definitely will be joining the wait list. That sounds so, so cool. Links tonight. App. It'll take 30 seconds. I promise you. I'll definitely add that in the show notes as well. So one thing I am very bad at is cooking and not only am I bad at it, but I just really don't like it. I know this is something I need to work on and I one day will, you know, really buy a bunch of cooking books and teach myself how to navigate a kitchen, but that day is not today. And so I am very thankful for Sakara because as a student with a part-time job and a um, podcast in a field placement, I don't have much time. And I know that's an excuse I was making when I had all the time in the world, but now I really don't have time. And so Sakara delivers fully prepared meals to your doorstep that are healthy, nutritious, and filling. So for someone like me who needs to literally have food placed in front of them in order to eat regularly and keep up with, you know, maintaining a health, both a healthy relationship with food and also just a schedule. Um, Sakara has been such a blessing and I am so lucky that I've been partnering with them for over two years now um, to provide you all with 20% off your first purchase. So if you're like me and are just not able to fit in time to, you know, make a meal or are ordering out every single day because it's easier but it's dropping so much money, give Saqqara a try. The food's so good. I especially actually really love the breakfast. They have like really great muffins and things that um, are my personal favorite. And I also really, really love their probiotics. So two very different things, but you can order them all. Just use my code XOZOE. That's X-O-Z-O-E at checkout and I'll get 20% off your purchase. So give it a shot and let me know what you think. So I always wrap up by asking a few questions, um, same questions every time. And the first one is, what is one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? That's a great question. Um... something that's made me a stronger person today. I think over the last two years, I've, I've gone through some, uh, both personally and professionally, some highs and some lows. And I think what I've, a lot of volatility. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I think I liked the thrill of volatility to some extent for a while. And now I don't. And I think that it, that the volatility created a lot of stress um, at every level, you know, and, and sometimes there's some things that are, that are stable and some things that are volatile, but because there's something that's volatile, it kind of cancels out the stability. So you kind of always feel, you know, that uh, you don't know what's next. And I think I've tried to, over the last, um, you know, six to eight months, really trying to tap into how can I just um, get myself in a 
mental state that is a little bit more, uh, you know, I don't want to say stable, but more like, you know, not going too high or too low. Um, because I think that that's truly something that is a strength in and of itself, because I know that for me, if I'm in the right headspace and I'm focused, I, I truthfully believe I can do anything I want. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think it, but it, it did take a lot of stress and, you know, there's still a ton of stressful days. Of course, like I'm, I'm going after things that are pretty, pretty low probability, um, in terms of success rate. So, you know, it, 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 uh, it's stressful. And, but I think that it's made me stronger overall to have had these experiences because I think now I better know how to deal with the uh, stress and anxiety and, um, and, and embrace it. Yeah, no, that's so true. And it reminds me of this, um, it was probably heard on a podcast, but just like, I think it was Shay Mitchell talking about how a lot of times we subconsciously like invite chaos into our life and it makes sense. Like I definitely feel like sometimes I'll say yes to stuff. Like I'll subconsciously like crave that instability or like the, you know, the someone not texting me back because it gives me something to talk to my friends about. Like it, or like, you know, not setting enough boundaries that as my therapist would say, invites chaos into your life. So it's like sometimes it's a good distraction from like the really important things of like getting work done, getting, you know, focusing on a job. It's nice to be like, Oh, but like, did he like unmatch me on hinge? You know, it's nice to have that little distraction sometimes, but yeah. it's healthier, I think. And like a sign of maturity just to like ride the wave and, and avoid like all the, you know, ups and downs and whatever. Yeah. I think you too, be. you know, it, in, in a weird way, like stability or, or very sometimes monotony could be kind of, yeah, consistency is, is sexier than it might sound, you know, like mm -hmm. I think, and I think for me, that's what I really realized because you don't know when things fall in your lap, whether that's huge opportunities or huge tragedies or huge everything. But I think when you're in a good mindset, you're able to, to deal with it better. And so that's something that I want to do, you know, as I get into my mid, mid and late twenties is, um, you know, do that and, and surround myself with people that I want to be surrounded with and be around business that I want to be around with and, and take more of that into my own control as well. And, um, because I realized that that's really what makes me happy. Um, it's not, it's not the super, super high highs and then the super, super low lows and coming back from the super, super low lows to come back to the super, it just, it's not fun, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, it's not fun. Let's put it that way. So, um, yeah, so I'm really trying to apply that at every level in my life of, you know, from my relationships to my business, to, to everything. Love that. Next question is, do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? Or just a favorite quote? Yeah. One of my, uh, my go-tos is, um, uh, a three-time guest on my show who I should actually get on for a fourth time, uh, Christina Hutchinson, who I uh, who I adore, who has become a, a friend over the years. Um, she's from the Guys We Fucked podcast, and an amazing podcast. Uh, she's, they've done so well with Corinne Fisher. Um, she told me very early on, because um, I asked her, you know, this was probably five months into doing my show, like, you know, you, you have one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Like, what do you, how do you recommend, you know, for me, just, just getting started, yada, yada. And she like point blank was just like, follow your curiosity, you know? And, and I think I've always just held on to that um, because I think it's so true. And, and there's some things even now, right. Where I feel like opportunities or opportunities that I haven't gone after because I'm just not interested in them. Uh, and I'm very, I'm someone who also wears their emotions. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So like, I can't fake something I'm not interested in. And I also, you know, I also realize sometimes when I don't give something as much attention, it's probably a sign that I'm not very curious about it or I'm not very interested in it. And so I try to, you know, apply that, you know, uh, mantra to not only the guests that I get on my show, but then also um, how I live my life in general, because I, I do think it's it's very hard to be successful when you're when you're faking something. Yeah, a hundred percent. And curiosity is actually the most common answer to the next question, which 
or at least for my guests, which is what do you love most about yourself? And it makes sense because a lot of the people I interview are podcasters. And 99.9% of the time when I ask a podcaster what their favorite quality is, maybe not that high, but high percentage say curiosity, which I think is just like spot on. But what's your favorite quality? Or what do you love most about yourself? Yeah, for me, I think I'm just like, and you know, there's, there's lulls and there's times where, you know, you, uh, can have some moments where, where you feel a little bit of burnout, but like, I'm just always, I always have been so hungry to, to just do well for myself, you know, and, and kind of just like dig my teeth into what I'm doing and try to be the best in the world at it. And, and not stopping until I do. And, and I feel like right now, you know, even in, even in the last six, 12 months where I've had, you know, some pretty big headaches and some, some things that really didn't go my way and things that I really, you know, could have just sat and cried about. I really just try to, to not do that. And, and to, to just, just be hungry every single day to be, to, to, to give myself the life that I, that I want Um, for me, for, I guess my future family to put myself in a position to do everything I want in life. So I think if anything, the one word, um, you know, is relentlessness, confidence. I don't know. I just, I, I I hope it doesn't come across in in a, in a cocky way. I just, I I believe in myself and, you know, and I hope that, um, and I try to just always, you know, even when I'm annoyed with myself or I'm annoyed with the situation, just to, to remind myself at the end of the day, I I'm all I have. I'm, I don't want to say I'm all I have, but you know, you are, you are you. And you know, there's, there's no one else, especially in this, whether it's the podcast, right. You know, this, or right now I'm working for myself. It's like, if I don't get up and do it, nobody else will. So it's uh that's a level of that also kind of ages you and, and puts things into perspective. And so I'm just, uh, I try to apply that mentality every day and, and hopefully that's, and that's something that I, I do appreciate, I guess, about, about myself. Oh, that's a great quality. And I think it's probably like a quality that a lot of just very successful people have in common is that like innate ambition and drive. Yeah. I mean, I, I just get excited by shit. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like I, I love. I just love, I don't know. I, I could never, I, I can barely picture retiring now. Granted, I just started working. So it probably makes sense. But like, you know, I think that I'm just someone who always likes having something going, you know, yeah. like I love being able to check in the morning, you know, if I'm working on a project uh, abroad and being able to tap in with people at night and I don't know, just working on something and having a project consistently and things that I feel like I can grow is it excites me. And, and in the moments I, and, you know, in self-reflecting the moments that I felt the most down is when I feel like things are slow and my projects aren't moving and things aren't moving, you know? So I, I like, I love being active. I, I, I do struggle, you know, we were just on vacation um, with me and my girlfriend and my family. And, you know, I think for the both of us, we're both, you know, very type A uh, work hard people. And I think there's some times where we, we struggle to just kind of like relax and, and but that's fun you know it's it's I like that we that that that's the problem you know yeah, I'd, be, yeah. I'd be more concerned if it no I'm the same way like I've had these four months off for summer break because I'm in grad school and like yeah. I don't know what to do with myself I'm like I wake up super <laughs> yeah. early just like walk around Brooklyn like aimlessly but that's yeah I'd rather have that problem yeah. the opposite <laughs> yes uh, my me. final question which is oh wait actually second to final question is what sign what are you um What's your sign? I'm an Aquarius. Okay. I actually don't know. Apparently you guys like to like, when you get like a piece of knowledge, you're like really good about spreading it, which I guess makes sense. Oh, really? You're doing that via your podcast. Shit. I don't know how much knowledge I'm spreading, but hopefully my guests are spreading a lot of knowledge. Well, you're like the vehicle <laughs> through which they spread. Yeah, I'm the vehicle. I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll just, I'm just, honestly, I just make, I know about myself and that's, that's it. Not in a selfish way. I, just, I mean, Mercury <laughs> is clearly going into retrograde tomorrow because I've had every technical <laughs> difficulty this entire time. Final question, which is the name of the podcast, is how do you find solace in the city? So, like, when you are overwhelmed and given that you are in New York, like, what do you do? Um, 
I think for me, it's, uh, you know, I, I try to, it's going to sound kind of corny and, and lame. I don't know. It's just, I like to go outside and just breathe air. Like, I think, you know, with, with New York, it, it's, uh, in my opinion, the greatest city in the world, but I know, I know that it's, you know, I, I, I understand that when it can feel overwhelming. Um, and I think that, you know, especially right now where the weather is nice, um, being able to just, you know, go outside and, and, and put your phone away, you know, um, I think that's when I just kind of relax. I've, I've tried to do that a lot recently where, you know, in high, when I felt myself just being more anxious or more on edge, just, you know, get up from the computer I'm sitting at right now and, and go, whether it's your, my roof or, um, you know, sidewalk or whatever it is. And just like, fucking stand there for five minutes or um you know if there's no one around you like I'm a big fan of talking to yourself so for me it's like being able to talk to myself out loud um outside ideally um just kind of brings a level of peace um then I think also you know remembering to whether it's and that's just like an example of like a thing or a or a place but you know I think talking to people that you care about or talking to people that you care about, spending time with them in a place like New York, because you realize that a lot of people, I always, I always remind myself this, whenever I'm feeling something or I feel like I'm unique in the, in the feeling that I'm having, I'm not special. Like there's a hundred million other people that are feeling the same thing that I'm feeling in that moment in time, probably in New York, there's probably another million people that are feeling what I'm feeling. And amongst my friends, probably 75% of them are feeling an iteration of what I'm feeling. So, you know, just, reminding myself of that and going and talk to them and spending time with with people that I that I really like to be around it it's it's insane um you know again I'm not giving some revolutionary advice here but I think it's really it's sometimes a good reminder to hear because your initial instinct when things aren't going well or you feel overwhelmed is to turtle up and uh and I think you know doing the opposite is how you get out of that 100 percent, and I think it's a, a great reminder and a necessary one because like we can so get so easily caught up in our heads and and get, you know again to thinking like like why am I, I like beating ourselves up for feeling that way um yeah and also I think it helps that we're in Brooklyn because I lived in Manhattan before this and it's a lot harder to feel like one with nature when you're just like walking on like around East 35th Street <laughs> so yeah so at least I have a little bit of green now um, but Felix, thank you sure. so much for dealing with all these technical difficulties and coming on the podcast. Where can everyone listen to Where Is This Going and follow you and, um, you know, uh, download links or, you know, be notified when it comes out. <laughs> yep. everything. So definitely links right now is my priority i want to get people on that wait list we're gonna first launch in new york when the time is right uh working on developing the app right now so you go to links tonight.app um that it's link L-I-N-X, is also in right? my l-y-n-x l-y-n-x yep and uh you can also find it in my link in my bio at felix.levine on instagram um, again, to join the waitlist takes 30 seconds. You'll answer two questions and put your email. And uh, it means a lot because we're really trying to get a nice little community and user base going there. Um, as I just mentioned, my Instagram at Felix.Levine. You can listen to my show on everywhere you get your podcasts. And then uh, do me a favor and subscribe to my YouTube channel where I, I post all the video versions of all my episodes. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the main, main gist. Awesome. Well, thank you again and bye everyone. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.